folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Morning Left Guard, an episode that's actually going to be published Tuesday morning, unlike usual when we record it Tuesday morning and publish it in the afternoon. Matthew Collar, former Minnesota Viking, Jeremiah Searles. Jeremiah, are you okay after watching the tape? of Vikings in Jacksonville because I I get concerned that your heart rate may have gone up too high um, with rage. I can't. If I have to watch that game for a third time, I've watched it through (laughs) twice now. If I have to watch that game for a third time, I'm going to jump out of this window behind me of my second story house. I can't do it. I felt like I was watching a JV football game at times. Like you made the joke. We talked about it off before the show, like the Maxion joke. I would rather watch Akron play Central Michigan on a Tuesday night on a 60-yard field than have to watch that game again. Go Zips. Um, Yeah, it was (laughs) – I mean, the thing about it that's hard to analyze when it comes to watching the tape back – is that there were just so many mistakes. And it's honestly hard to separate on the Jacksonville side, what was Mike Glennon and what was a reasonably decent NFL defensive play? Because there were times where Mike Glennon just stood back there and then made the worst throw that anyone could possibly make. And do I say, well, good job by the Vikings defense, or why did you throw it there? Or, I mean, there were times where he had plenty of time to throw on a third down and just made the most inaccurate throw that you could possibly make. He is an NFL third string quarterback for a reason. He absolutely earned that. And then at other times you're allowing Mike Glennon to march down the field on you and he's making big plays and things like that. So it was an odd game. And on the Vikings offense side, do I give you extra negative points for allowing Kirk Cousins to be sacked four times and Kirk allowing himself to be sacked four times in some instances. So I don't know if you struggled with this as well, but I was watching plays going, I don't know if that's actually a good play or, or a bad play, or if this is just Jacksonville. I mean, it all start the whole tone set by Jacksonville's first touchdown, right? 
bounces off a guy, gets kicked up in the air. I had to rewatch it on film like three times because I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, and then you're like, this is going to be one of those games, isn't it? Like, I remember watching it like on live. You're like, yep, this is going to be one of those days where just nothing's going to go right. And this is going to be a complete bleep show the entire time. And then, yeah, the sacks, I still, I, I know I said I was going to do breakdowns last week. I'm still working out how to do them. I'm trying to video and pause and move. And I have gross fingers, as you all know. So I keep jacking things up. <laughs> but the one sack, I, I think the first one is 100% on Cousins. He kind of steps into it. But then the one where coming out of the second half, the the pick six where it should have been sack is, again, a complete miscommunication, which for me, Matt, was something that we saw way too much in this game for it being week 12 now, right, is miscommunications, guys going the wrong way, blitz is not getting picked up, looks like guys are running two different plays, defense doesn't know which way is up, it hurts that Kendricks was out, that sucked. I hate, I hate to see it right now, one of them is seeing freaking Kent not, 54 and purple. I mean, it just sucks for that defense so bad. But, I mean, it just seemed like this was kind of a regression of the mental piece of this football team for the Vikings, like of just what they can do well. They didn't build off it. If anything, they kind of stepped back, which you hate to see against a team like Jacksonville, which should be a complete tune-up game, right? You're in the playoff hunt. Playoffs! I mean, you're you're now a 6-6 six and six football team. This should have been a, hey, let's tune ourselves up, fire on all cylinders, and make a huge run at this thing at the end of the season where I feel like they're sitting in the film room this morning and on Monday morning going, man, there's we had a lot of issues. And, like, and Zimmer, I promise you, he's calling them all out because he doesn't, he doesn't just be like, congrats, we won, we'll figure it out. Like he, he for sure is not happy after that win. And that was his tone after the game. He said on the Zoom call that he had mixed feelings because there were so many things that went wrong, even though, hey, happy to be back to 500, but it was an empty win. If there was ever an empty win that does not point to, Hey, you run the table the rest of the way and end up at 10 and six. It points more toward, Hey, those things that were happening weeks one through six, those are coming back when these other teams play competently against you. The bears scored some points against the bad defense, but that shows that they can at least score a little with Nick (laughs) Foles out a little Uh, and Detroit now wants to play for their new coach. (laughs) because right every player wants to be like it was Patricia I will give my life for you Daryl Bevel Um, so (laughs) clearly clearly they're you know going to be a difficult opponent I think in week 17 and then you got the two good teams mixed in Uh, how does miscommunications like this happen on a mass level I mean a pick six a fumble at the goal line you are at home with no fans in the stands and you're playing a very bad team, and we're at the final quarter of the season almost. I mean, just what is the explanation for how this could happen? I don't I don't know. It has to be something during – I always know that, like, whatever you do during the week, like the haze in the barn by Saturday night, right? You've done everything you do physically to prep for, it, prep for everything. Now, mentally, you can still do a little bit on Sunday, but pretty much everything's done by Saturday night. And if you're sitting there laying in bed Saturday night going, man, I should have done this or I should have done that, like it's too late. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but maybe they did because it's the one in 11 Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, oh, we don't need to meet extra this time. Or, you know, I mean, I don't need, I know what we're doing. It's Jacksonville. We're fine. We know we're just going to steamroll this team. They're going to quit type of thing. And I fall into that trap. I mean, I think I did it when I was in 2016. We're playing the Indianapolis Colts with the Vikings, and we thought Adrian Peterson's back. We're going to steamroll these guys. And then we went out there and got our absolute teeth kicked in. And what was good is as bad as this game was, they didn't quit, and they found a way to win. And like you said, it, it, you can look at it a 100 different ways, and 99 of them are absolute crap. 
but the one one is they won, right? And, and they found a way to win even when things weren't going right, and that's a huge plus, which helps a lot for confidence of all these young players that we talk about. But I really do think it has to do with a lack of focus during the week that then carried over to game day or when the most crucial moment of the game comes along and your your focus is not 100% on that because you're worried about maybe a blitz here or something you missed earlier in the game or maybe you're looking forward to something else in the game and not staying in the moment. And that can happen too. And it just it can't happen this late in the season because I thought we were past that. And so I, I, I hope that there's a giant reset this week out in Egan. Hey, guess what? We're back to zero, like, oh, and oh, right? New season. Start fresh. Put all that behind us. Let's just build from here. And if they do that, I think they'll be okay. I don't know. I don't know if we're talking, like, still making playoffs, but the NFC is struggling right now. So there's a chance. There is a chance. Yeah, no, there's definitely a chance now, and we'll talk about, like, what you think the odds are. From a, uh, I want to talk about Cousins here because I wrote a big piece leading into Sunday's game about Kirk Cousins and about uh, how there's sort of two sides of you know, the arguments with Kirk Cousins and they're both mostly wrong and it's, <laughs> the truth is somewhere in the middle with him. And boy, was it prescient when it came to this game because Cousins, by PFF standards, has worse game. And by QBR, the ESPN stat, it was, I think, his second worst game of the year. And that's coming off of a game where we talked about, wow, is he turning a corner with his mobility <laughs> and he just looks more confident and all of a sudden, and it is remarkable to me. And I don't know that there's any explanation that any human being knows. Maybe God could figure this out. I'll ask him when I get to the pearly gates, why was cousin so inconsistent? Because it's wild. He, at one point he's got three receivers open and he pump fakes and takes a sack on a key third down. You go, what happened there? And then on the miscommunication pick six, I'm sure by saying it's a miscommunication, he's blaming Delvin Cook. So you're like, Delvin wasn't even looking at you, and you just kind of tossed it out there. So Now, that was on Delvin, by the way. Okay, I believe you. I'm just saying that, like, you also – Delvin d- didn't look at all prepared to catch a football, yes. and you just kind of fling it out there. It's like, I, I know what you mean, and I agree with you, but it's still kind of a classic Kirk pick where it's someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wonder, like – if there was something that you saw where you could point to and go, oh, that's why Bad Kirk showed up, because it just made no sense to me, this performance. I think the only answer is like, well, that's just Kirk Cousins, right? Like, it's just who he is. I mean, we talk, he, he, he has these stretches. I think we talked about it last week on the show. Like, he has these stretches where he's just lights the world on fire. And I was actually at my barber shop this week getting a haircut. And he's like, dude, taking the lock for Vikings beating the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. I was like, I wouldn't do that. And he goes, why? I go, because this is a classic Kirk trap game. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, this is the Kirk has played lights out for three, four weeks now. This is the classic I'm going to throw two picks and not know what's going on and, and look like crap game. And he texts me after the game. He goes, dude, how would you know that? Because <laughs> it's it's Kirk yep. Cousins. Yep. Like, you, if you follow his career from Washington to here, like, this is just what he does. This He has, like, Kirk Vember, and then it's just, like, poop Sember. Like, it, it's just – it's it's awful. And so – I hope he can bounce back quicker than he has in the past because usually it's taken him a couple games to get back on schedule. Um, so hopefully he can bounce back here. But I don't know what it is, dude. I, I really don't. But it's not like it's unique. This is just what he does. So what happened on the, the pick six? Um, yes. Bradbury goes out into the flat. Mm-hmm. So is mm-hmm. this supposed to be like a slip screen or something? Yeah. I mean, what happened there? 
Yes, yeah, so we we used to run this all the time with F line. F line was really good at it because um, they're kind of, they're quick little athletic little buggers, right? So we used to do it. It's kind of like you fake an inside zone to the left, and Dalvin kind of sneaks behind the center. The running back does, and then the center and the running back just kind of drift out into the flat, and then everyone just kind of slowly gives ground. Quarterback fades back away, and then kind of dumps it over their head. So you see Bradbury, he's skating down the line, straight down the line because he can't go past the line of scrimmage because the ball's supposed to be behind the line of scrimmage, but he's still skating down the line. But I think Dalvin is like four or five yards downfield, and you can tell he's like, this ball isn't going to me. When I don't know who else it was supposed to go to. I mean, the the only other option would have been if C.J. Ham ran it, but C.J. Ham's are even running the opposite way. So it's supposed to be a center slip screen to the halfback, and so Dalvin's not paying attention to it. You can tell Kirk has to he has to get rid of it, or he can't throw it away because he's there's no receiver to his right, and he's looking back to his left. So he kind of was just, if anything, he should just dirted it, right? Mm-hmm. Just just yep. put it four feet into the ground and live to fight another day. But he did try to force it, and things was happening fast, and he threw the pick. And, I mean, you can tell right away, you watch the tape, and Dalvin stands there and puts both hands up in the air like, what are we doing? And you can, I'm sure you can see Kirk going, what are you doing, right? I mean, I think they even got into it a little bit on the sideline a couple times this game. But so you can tell there's definitely something going on there, but it definitely was a screen that Dalvin just 100% missed in my opinion, or they checked to it and he didn't get the check. That's the only two explanations. I don't coming out of halftime. Again, it goes back to what we just talked about. You can't make those mistakes on the first drive out of halftime, dude. Like you script those plays. Usually, usually you, the offensive coordinator comes and says, Hey, we're opening with blah, 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 blah. And okay, cool. So you're already thinking about those. Unless it was a check that he checked to at the line, which I don't think he did, there's no excuse for that. This is my theory on Delvin. I don't know if it's right. That's why it's a theory. Okay. Uh, one of Hot my takes. friends who comes on the show, Donald Jones, who played in the NFL's wide receiver, he said that when he would get exhausted in a game, the one thing that would happen to him is that he'd make mental mistakes. And Delvin Cook had the second most touches in a single game of any Minnesota Viking player of all time. And that to me is too much to the point where if you are wearing him down when he already was kind of dragged off the field last week, getting injured, and now you don't have Madison in the game and you're not even giving a shot to Amir Abdullah, which I don't really get. I mean, like Abdullah can carry the ball. He can catch the ball. I mean, give him 10, 12 plays or something. But instead it was like, nah. Sorry, Abdullah. Stay over there. Delvin's going to carry us against the Jags. I mean, this should have been a game where you expect to give him 15 touches, and instead you end up with 38. And I just think that those mental mistakes happen when guys get to that level of exhaustion, and if it keeps happening, it's going to keep costing. Yeah, I mean, and and not just the mental mistakes. I mean, if you really truly want to make a run at these playoffs, you can't have a beaten-down horse carrying your team. Uh, I think you absolutely nailed it. Amir Abdullah with Madison out has to play some, and he got some garbage time right before the first half end. It's like, give him meaningful time, right? I mean, you never know. Are you going to need him in four weeks? I, I don't understand the sit on the sideline. I know Amir's had issues fumbling. Shoot, he had issues with me when we were in Nebraska, but he's tried to get better at it. He's worked at it, and like he hasn't really fumbled this year that I know of. I mean, knock on wood for my guy. But we're going to go ahead and, and just ride this horse until he dies. And you, you made the joke, like, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> but, like, he can't die. If he dies, your team is dead. Like, it's very simple. So 
I, I think you did touch on a point that if you do get to that point, the mind is the first thing to know because the body will just kind of kick into survival mode, right? The body's like, okay, I know inside zone. I heard inside zone. Just boop, boop, drop, crossover, roll, right? Or, hey, it's pitch outside. Hey, it's screen. And it, you can just almost go into just kind of not, not coast mode, but just zombie mode. Like the body just takes over and the mind kind of shuts down. But if you can't stay mentally sharp, and, oh, what was the check to, right? Oh shoot! What was the what was the kill? Did he call two plays in there and then his blue eighty blue said hot and then you're kind of just like I think it's this but maybe it's that. Um, I think that might be a, absolutely might be a theory. I think it's an absolute theory. Or I mean, it one hundred percent could just be I've seen it before where quarterbacks make the make the check in their head but don't make it to anyone else. I think that sometimes <laughs> happens too. Yeah. It happened last week to uh, who was it? The Chargers when like Herbert ran up there to run a QB sneak and then they all pass protected. 100% dude yeah. made the check in his brain going, yep, we're, we're calling the sneak boys, and then told nobody and just got killed. So that happens too. So there's multiple explanations for it, but whatever the explanation is, it's got to get fixed in between those walls. Got a great holiday deal to tell you about from Soda Stick. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER15, you can get 15% off your purchases during this holiday season when you buy two items or more. Go to SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. So many great designs, especially the holiday sweaters. Make sure you check out the Let It Skull design. All their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. That's SodaStick.com, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER15 for 15% off anytime you purchase at least two items this holiday season. Right. It can't happen against Tampa Bay because no. uh, even if it's washed Tom Brady, He's not going to be as bad as Michael. (laughs) He will make you pay for this. Um, And I don't think that this defense is shutting down anybody the rest of the way. I think it's going to have to rely on the offense. And this is another opinion I need of yours on a broad sense. Justin Jefferson gets two targets in the first half and they run a lot and they get behind the sticks. And when Kirk is looking skittish, he's not going to convert third down and seven when he's kind of looking a little like nervous back there, like he did in this game. And so the second half you come out, you're down in the game immediately. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, now we can play. We're down two scores again, a fine theory against Carolina and Jacksonville, not great going forward. I mean, wh- why does it see- this team seem to change their demeanor when they're down by two scores to start being aggressive to Justin Jefferson when that should be the plan from the very first snap because he is unstoppable? Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, his strength, his speed, his whole bit, he's the whole package. And I know I was skeptical early, but I'm all on the train now. I'm all bored, hype it up, let's party. But I think that I, the main reason, too, and I, I don't know if you were in your study you saw this, too, but we kind of changed our whole running scheme at the beginning of this game and went from this inside zone scheme to this weird lob pitch, like outside, get outside the tackles type. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not that's not what I'm used to seeing. Like, what are we what are we doing here? What's what do we see something on tape or but it almost was like our whole offense was completely different at the first half of this game than it had been all year. You weren't seeing the deep play action shots like early. 
I mean, last week we started the game with two huge play actions. I think we ran six play actions in the first 11 plays I counted last week. And this week it's kind of just like, this is a new offense. I don't understand, like, what are we doing so differently? And then it is like we went in halftime, like, okay, well, that experiment failed. Like, let's just get back to the normal rocks and bolts and nuts and bolts of it all here. And once we did that, everything was fine. And so it's kind of just bears the question as to why. I don't know. I don't know if anyone will know, but it's almost like Kubiak tried to open and expand himself a little bit against the one in 11 Jags to try and get a little bit more sprinkles thing in there. And it just went horribly wrong. Yeah. And I think there's a tiny part of it and not to just like beat the dead horse, so to speak, but a tiny part of it too, with why some of those runs didn't work, I think it's just Delvin's burst is not the same as it was early mm-hmm. in the season because there were some times I thought, not necessarily that he would have broke off 75 yards, but I thought like, oh, is that usually a zero-yard game for him? Like maybe not. He gets there just that like little tiny bit quicker. Um, but yet, yeah, I felt the same way that it almost looked like there was some experimenting going on and – this is not a team that's supposed to be a spread offense where you have five receiver options or four receiver options all the time. You kind of only want to do that under certain circumstances. And it seemed like every time they were passing, that's what they were doing it out of early in the game. And again, it like, I don't know, is this a practice game for you where you want to do, you know, like, oh, let's practice our situation where we're in five wide receivers. But it felt the same as the Dallas game where they didn't come out and do what they do best and they waited to do it later. And then you had to play catch up because of that. And again, if you do that down the stretch here, you're going to lose two or three of these games and you're going to fall out of the playoff race. And I like, I just keep going sort of back and forth all year on Kubiak where it's like, man, these play actions, these deep crossers, they're working for huge plays and, uh, and and their offense overall, I think is like fourth in yards now Mm -hmm. or something It's way up there in yardage. And so those results are good, but at times the stretches are too long with three and outs to it's it's such a weird dichotomy. They're not one of the top teams in scoring percentage per drive but they have a lot of yards. So it's like, I think you want to be on the one that has all the scoring. <laughs> like it's just, uh, and these, these just bouts with inconsistency that they have and they put themselves behind the sticks. It makes you think that if that goes on against Tampa, you're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good offense is a consistent offense and stats are great. Numbers are great. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about wins and losses. It's about putting points up on the board. And for this team, the way you put points up on the board is deep shots. Right, I mean, this team isn't built to go twenty play or twelve plays, fourteen plays, eighty yards. Like they're just they're gonna step on their own toes at one point in that twelve plays mm-hmm. and get behind the sticks, and then it's all gonna end for them. They're at their best when Dalvin rips off a twenty-five yarder or a Jefferson or a Thielen gets a big one, and then the thing that I thought was missing a lot too this week, and you and I talked about, we praised Kirk for it last week, throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph. I know. I, I, I don't Where understand. Did Where did that go? He was wide open a couple times for nice, easy completions underneath. And another reason I hate is because I picked him up on fantasy football this <laughs> week. So also was right. a little salty about that. But again, like that was what kind of like the point I brought up is what was so different this week? Why did what the what worked last week, the offense was clicking, moving well, just looked like we did a full 180 with some of the stuff and just completely abandoned some of the stuff that was doing well and tried to put in new stuff in week 12 against an NFL defense. I mean, as bad as they are and as tough as Jacksonville has looked this year, they're still an NFL defense. They have NFL talent. They have good players over there. It's really hard to just be like, well, let's experiment with some stuff this week and then hope it helps us down the stretch. So 
it's going to hurt us down the stretch if we try and keep going that. I hope we throw all the new stuff in the trash, stay with it, and just create wrinkles out of the stuff you're already good at instead of trying to create and invent new stuff to put in. I'm going to do a 30 for 30 on Kirk not throwing to Kyle Rudolph. Like, <laughs> do, do, what if I told you there was then a you man have... who caught everything and the quarterback wouldn't throw it to him? And then you have to you have to cut to Sam Bradford in his walker, like, I threw it to him a hundred times. <laughs> I mean, Teddy did too. Like, uh, you know, the the play in uh, 2015 that sets up the should have been field goal is a little underneath. I'm saying it's a great job by Teddy. Little mm-hmm. underneath thing to Kyle Rudolph. He's open. He gets a big gain, sets up the field goal, and we won't talk about what happened after that. But I'm just saying that there's so many moments where you go, the guy will get you nine yards. So yeah. I would accept those for for kind of free. Well, uh, Vikings are 17th in scoring percentage on offense. So sometimes total yards doesn't tell the entire story. Um, you know, I guess maybe when you do rely on those big plays, if you can't be the team that methodically moves down the field, then that's what happens is you have to rely on getting hot with those. And that's where I wonder how this is going to go. Your take, Jeremiah, mm-hmm. on Ezra Cleveland comes back, thought he played fine. Yep. Um, but on the left side, Dakota Dozier has played exactly the way that you think a backup guard would play if he's put into a full-time job for an entire season. Um, why not Brett Jones is my question. I mean, why not Brett Jones at left guard? Like, he played okay at right guard. Dakota Dozier has not played okay this season. He has been a liability, and he was in this game. Yeah, he didn't have a very good game. I'll, I'll definitely say he he struggled a lot. Um, number 92 for Jacksonville really exposed him on the bull rush. And what really sucks as a player is when you get exposed in one game on a bull rush, you can better believe the next two or three games in a row they're they're going to come after you and they're going to test you. And at this point in the season, you're kind of beat up, don't quite have the strength in your legs that you used to have. Like, and, and it really is Pandora's box when you open it and you let something like that happen. So not going to be ideal for him going forward. I don't know why not Brett Jones. You and I both were calling for Brett Jones weeks ago when, right. when the Winnebago was playing right guard, right? Like, <laughs> It was just there's something about him that they don't enjoy for whatever reason. And I think a lot of it is they like to run screens, and Dakota is is more athletic than Brett Jones. I mean, you may be more athletic at Brett Jones at times. I mean, he's just not built for that, right? That's just not what he's made for. And so they may think, well, he gives us the best chance with our pull schemes and our screen schemes and all that. But the one thing he's really struggling in right now is his pass protection. One of the big sacks that happened is because he got juked and he got deked by number 47 on a coffee house blitz where he needs to keep his eye on the linebacker and he does it and he buries himself in the nose and then the linebacker wraps around and Dalvin kind of panics like, oh, shoot, do I take the linebacker? Do I take the safety? He like kind of doesn't take anyone and then Kirk gets killed. I mean, and those are the type of things, again, week 12, you've drilled it. You've seen it on tape. Like, you can't make those mistakes. And he continues, he makes some mental mistakes like that. But I think the more than mentally right now is physically Dakota Dozier doesn't have a ton of confidence in the pass protection game. And as an offensive lineman, you have to have confidence when you're pass blocking these freak shows on the other side of the ball. Dakota Dozier by Pro Football Focus Metrics out of 57 guards who play regularly, ranks, take guess. 56? 57th. He's 50. He is. Dead last out of all the regular guards in the NFL, he has the worst grade. And the Vikings have run out one of the worst graded offensive linemen three years in a row now and had Brett Jones sit there and watch it as Brett Jones comes in and is okay. 
I mean, like PFF probably likes Brett Jones a little more than uh, the visuals do. But one of the things that I think people make mistakes on is, well, this guy's physical tools are better. Congratulations. He needs to make sure your quarterback's not getting killed. I don't care if he's a squatty body who runs a five nine forty. Like that's he does the job that is supposed to be done, right? So um, the other thing I was hoping you could explain uh, coffee house blitz because when you uh, see it, when you it's fun to see. I mean, obviously, if you're the guy who gives up the sack, it's not fun to see. But it's one of those things where you're like, oh, he did the thing with the coffee yeah, house blitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain it. Yeah, so a coffee house blitz is it's essentially where uh, whoever who made it famous was Danny Trevathan. Danny Danny Trevathan made it famous with the Bears. So a linebacker will line up in a gap up on the line of scrimmage, looking like he's going to blitz. And so usually the quarterback will turn it to him, which Kirk in this situation did. They were supposed to slide right. Kirk slid them left, where forty-seven for the Jacksonville Jaguars was standing in the A gap. And so they slide it to the left, and you see. Um, there's a guard bubble there, so there's no one, but it's the nose guard over the center, or over two eye, and then you had the linebacker, and then you had the defensive end. And so you see Dakota back up. He's looking at the linebacker, and the linebacker does one of these. He steps back, and he looks back like he's going to drop back into coverage. And as a lineman, you're like, cool, he's dropping. Where can I go help someone, right? Like my, my, my responsibility as a linebacker is now dropping into coverage. And the second you do that, he then snaps his head back around and rushes the quarterback. And so it's called a coffee house. I don't. I mean, it's just kind of a fake you out type of thing. I don't know why who named it coffee house, but it is. And if you're not eye disciplined on it, it can really screw you. I mean, it made Joe Staley or maybe Kyle Long or I can't remember who it made. It made a really good guard look really stupid when Trevathan did it. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, I believe it was, um, for, for the Redskins. But it's it's hard. But you just have to stay eye disciplined with it. And again, it's another one of those things where we put it on tape. We're going to see it again. Mm-hmm. Can we stop it now? And I guarantee you we're going to see Tampa Bay's defense do it with some unbelievable linebackers, right? Like, they don't have slappies back there. they got Levante David, who's an all-pro. You've got Devin White, who's playing at an unbelievable level. I mean, they've got some dudes back there now, and they're going to definitely try that on us now. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, before we get to love to see it, hate to see it, say that I tell you I went forward in time and just saw the score and the Vikings beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tell me how it happened if they were to beat the Bucks. Tom Brady has one of his games where he throws four interceptions. <laughs> he has an old man game. He has an old man game. And, I mean, Dantzler shuts down Mike Evans, which we know is kind of – we saw what Julio Jones did to – 165 pound dancer. So right. Mike Evans is another one of those monsters who's just a big guy on the outside who's really just going to bully him a little bit, um, which makes me worry. And then our offense finds a way to just run the football for 250 yards. So which you're we've done. You don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I'm saying it could happen. I'm not saying it could because it, we've seen the Bucks just be absolutely the worst football team in the NFL at times, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that Monday night game against – or Sunday night game against New Orleans was just like, what is this? Right. Like, And then you've seen them come out and with a vengeance and just dirt stomp people too. So a lot of it's going to be what Tampa Bay shows up. I think they had a bye week this week, right? I don't think they played correct this yeah, week. Correct. So they're going to they're gonna be ready to go. Um, Bruce Arians is going to have those dudes ready to go. Tom Brady's going to have those guys ready to go. And they're going to have a plan to attack this defense. And my guess is it's going to be attack them out on the outside and then pound it up the middle of Leonard Fournette um, over and over and then take deep shots. I think the deep shots, we're going to see a lot more deep shots this game too. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, mm-hmm. Godwin. I mean, Gronk over the middle. I mean, the first play of the game against Weekends Jacksonville was a big play action, tight end over the middle. So we're going to see we're going to see a lot of balls thrown around at us this next week, and we need to make sure we force him to throw turnovers or the score could get up pretty high, I think. Eric Hendricks' status could determine whether they can win or lose this game. A lot. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Because the tight ends for Jacksonville mostly played really well and were open. And, uh, you know, Todd Davis, bless his heart, I mean, he's out there trying, but he's not Eric Hendricks. I mean, there's a huge drop-off there. So uh, I'm going to start with love to see it. Alex Smith, congratulations, Mm. man. I mean, go into Pittsburgh down 14 Dude is bleeding from the leg. His other leg does not exist. And he somehow, and the Washington squad, the Sharks, they somehow Red Wolves somehow work out uh, a victory over Pittsburgh. And I just cannot believe what that guy went through. Uh, The E60 piece on him was incredible. To, To win a game in Pittsburgh like that and get that team back in the race, I mean, unbelievable to see that happen. Comeback player of the year, deadlocked, love to see it. My my love to see it is I thoroughly enjoy doubleheader Monday night football games. I think the Thursday night football games can take a hike mm-hmm. and get totally back agree. to to back to doubleheader Monday night football games and we have Tuesday night football. So we're really only going to go without and I'm not a huge fan of Wednesday afternoon football, don't get me wrong, but I do enjoy Tuesday night football games. So I love to see that we got some more NFL games going this week. And the other thing I love to see Baker Mayfield do well. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy when he's playing well. I enjoy when he's he doesn't get – because he gets trashed a lot. He really does. And, I mean, he deserves some of it. But I love when he goes out and lights a team up on – I mean, the Titans looked horrible. 
Love to see it. Um, that Christmas tree that was after the f- football oh. game. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. The music and the ambiance. You're the worst. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give a sarcastic hate to see it. Um, darn, you just hate to see Greg Williams get fired. Oh, that was fine. I had it written oh, okay. down. Dang it. <laughs> that was fine. Okay, you take it. You take it. You take no, it. Go ahead. Well, okay, well, here's the thing. That's classic Greg Williams. Yeah. Anyone that watches, like, everyone's like, why would they do that? Oh, my gosh. That's just what Greg Williams does. Like, that, there's blitzes named after Greg Williams because you know that at the end of the half and at the end of the game, the dude's coming for your head. Like, he does it all the time. That's not new. Now, was it the right decision? Probably not, but that's what's in his DNA, and I guarantee you if he had the opportunity to do it again, he would. And the fact that Derek Carr was just like, oh, yeah, we, we saw cover zero blitz, and I was like, thanks, and I threw it up there. <laughs> it's like, dude, could you not rub his nose in it too? Like, he already knows. And I mean, Derek Carr, postgame presser, and then the DBs for the Giants that said, that's above our pay grade, you're in the NFL, what are you talking about, dude? Like, so his whole team just completely pooped on him. Derek Carr pooped on him, and you hate to see it. Greg Williams getting out before Adam Gase. I know that's the funny thing. Adam Gase firing anyone is hilarious. Yeah, like, it's but like, hey, you're fired. You didn't what? do a good enough job, dude. You're owing twelve. Yeah, and there was somebody asked Adam Gase something like, "Well, if you heard the call and thought it was wrong, and your head." set why didn't you change it and he was just like well i didn't have time or something You're like yeah oh, okay classic sure you treated no it was his fault but also greg williams though i mean he's a lunatic and uh vikings fans not huge into greg williams from what they did to brett Favre in 2009 so a darn shame to see him uh go down like that but yeah let's leave henry ruggs the fastest man on earth <laughs> alone on a Against bomb. Nebraska boy too, by the way, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was like a four seven. Undrafted free agent rookie out of Nebraska, just <laughs> trying to keep up with the speedster there. I saw it. I I was watching it live, and I was like, oh dear god, oh dear god, no, like oh dude, those poor dudes. And now I also the love another love to see it. Everyone that's just like way hyper analyzing it, like oh they they threw it on purpose. Like, oh, no, they no, didn't. Like, it's like the Jets players knew that they had to lose so they could get Trevor Lawrence. They did it on purpose. It's like, okay, you all are idiots. But there's, like, full breakdowns I saw on Twitter. They have people like, nope, they did it on purpose. They wanted to get Greg Williams fired. The undrafted corner did it on purpose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty sure he wants to continue to have a job, but I don't know. Maybe you he's in on think. it. I think you it was the, the corner on the grassy knoll that was supposed to. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Great stuff, as always, Jeremiah. A wonderful um, sort of late-night version as we're Mm -hmm. recording this, like uh, football tape husking after dark, we'll call it. So great stuff, and we will get together again after Vikings and Bucks, man. Thanks. Absolutely.